0: Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host, Omar Vind, and Today, I am joined by Yash Thakur. We are going to discuss Real Madrid's 2-2 draw with Levante away from home. And look, for the third post- podcast in a row, you're probably going to have to deal with some uh, tech difficulties. My voice probably sounds off or of lower quality, and that's because in addition to my laptop still being out for repair my mic is no longer functioning so I don't really have any other option than just to use the the mic on this 2011 MacBook Air from my room so again editing is going to be minimal to non-exist on this podcast so it's going to sound rougher and um, just the quality of my voice will sound rougher as well and just gonna have to put up with it. I, I apologize sincerely for it, but there's there's nothing really I, I can do about that at the moment. So game itself, Josh, I, I mean I tried to t- I tried to tell people this was not going to be an easy game at all. And the fact that Caroline Weir was unavailable in the squad the day before we found out just made me think that the game was going to be even tougher. And it turned out to be a really tough game. I mean, Levante were probably the better side over 90 minutes. And I think they showed us exactly why they're really good this season. And I think they kind of, they showed up in a big way. Now, remember, this was a game that Levante were playing at their main stadium, specifically because they were hosting Real Madrid, right? Like they had a little bit of a tiny social media campaign to get people to come and so they took this very seriously and they showed up and they played really well. I'm not, I, we don't need to belabor this point, but putting this game, especially when Levante hosts this at their main stadium at 11 o'clock local time, 5 a.m. my time. So to wake up an hour earlier than usual, I just, doesn't make any sense whatsoever it doesn't make any sense for international audiences it doesn't make any sense for the local audience which is most important because 11 a.m to go to a game Sunday game like it just for Spain most definitely that's that's extremely early we we already know that 12 p.m is really really early and that's when the league starts most weekends but to push that back an hour I just have no idea what was going on anyway um the lineup, so no we and if, if if you thought the match is going to be tough already, that just proves it's going to be tougher, because if we clearly missed her versus Vlasnia, obviously we're going to miss her versus Levante, right? So Levante, there weren't really any surprises in the lineup, and most importantly for them, there was Myra Ramirez, Natasa Andanova, and Alberto Redondo as their front three. For us, it was Misa and Go, Sveva, Ivana, Katalin, Lucia back line, Zornoza, Teddy, and Maike as the midfield, and Feller, Olga as the two wingers, and then Esther up top. I have to wonder why Athena was on the bench. I don't know if you managed to see any comments, news about why that was the case afterwards. I certainly didn't catch it. Maybe I can look as you're speaking, but... What did you think about Athenea being left off, and the lineup itself?
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was a major talking point. I felt I I didn't come across any news about her being unfit or anything like that. So it was really surprising because uh, like so far what we have seen in the season, it has been it has consistently been where and athenea show for us because those two players can just create moments of magic from nothing and in this game against a very tough opponent we would probably be needing that and with the way the game panned out with the way our wide players functioned and with the way athenea impacted the game after coming on it it was even more clear that she should have started now maybe we are managing her game time because uh, now we have games like uh, every three days we face uh, we have a champions league game in midweek and then we have a league game again so maybe we are managing our minutes but we needed her in this game and that was a major surprising point uh, for me apart from that our lineup wasn't as surprising because we we spoke about this and Toleti didn't have the best of games in the in the previous one against Vlasnia. So it made sense. She looked rusty. So it made sense that she was on the bench this time around. And even when she came on, she didn't look as good, but we'll get into that as we break down the game. So Toleti's exclusion wasn't as concerning to me, but yeah, definitely missing out on Athena. And what she brings on the ball and how she has uh, developed so far in this season, it was a big miss for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, if it's down to rotation, or she was a little tired from last game, I just don't think that's the right call. If there was some kind of knock or felt like, okay, she could get injured, like, okay, I understand, but... I've not seen anything that indicates that was the case probably was just a call. Like, look, she's played last game. She's played a lot of games. Let's not play her this game. You don't make that decision against Levante away from home with the way they've been playing this season. They're just, they're just too dangerous. There's a reason like three podcasts in a row or something leading up to this game. I kept saying over and over again, watch out for Levante, right? They're not a team that, you underestimate and i i don't know if this was the case it felt like the way we opened those minutes it just didn't really seem like we understood exactly who we were up against but that could that could just be me seeing that um who knows but i don't know there's a very slim set of circumstances that would that would make it okay for Atenea not to start this game because to put it quite simply like we just we don't have anyone. There's no lineup that's better without her in it, and it's a massive loss to not her, ha, have her. Like if this was last season, I wouldn't care as much because Atenea didn't doesn't wasn't the same player that she appears to be now, which is having taken the leap to being a game on game player who who who, who impacts games that way like game on game just all finding a way to 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 contribute to to actual goals being scored instead of being an exciting player and then once every four games you know providing a goal or assist right that's a massive difference and you can't just be like all right someone else is going to provide that right maybe you could argue that Olga was replacing Afeni on the left but I think our best lineup has both Afeni and Olga because they're both players who have taken those leaps so I think that was something that hurt us but ultimately if you're still comparing You know, those lineups, it's not like we had no talent out there on the pitch. We had a very, very good lineup. But it does say something about Levante that without Atenea, Levante probably had the stronger forward line because that's what's been driving a lot of their underlying success this season, although what we saw from Levante was a rather complete performance. So right off from the bat, we... See Levante pressing with intensity, looking to be the aggressor in this game, looking to dominate. Within the first minute, they they put a shot on Misa's goal. They had a corner kick. I guess what took me aback, having watched Levante this season, was their intent to really be short in their build up. It's not that they are not a team that likes to have the ball and work through all these patterns and connections. It's just that they've always looked quite diverse in their approach in the matches I've seen very eager and often looking better when they just go direct in behind because that's just what's going to happen when you have Mayra and Redondo on your team, they're going to be incredible attacking space and it will benefit you to exploit them by trying to attack a high line playing direct. And so I've seen a lot of from a lot of that from Levante this season and It was really almost none of that to start the game. We saw more of a diverse approach later on, but a huge amount of it was it really looked like Levante trying to control and dominate this game, work their way through the lines. And Redondo's role was really quite different than many of the games we've seen this season from Levante. And she demonstrated today which is not a surprise to both you and I, but if you hadn't seen this version of her, she demonstrated that she was a complete forward and she was the best player on the day. So Levante were playing 4-3-3 nominally, but the front three very narrow. So Andanova in the middle and Alba and Mayra to the sides, but both generally positioning themselves well differently. Redondo dropped off a lot especially on the right hand side the the left hand side of um, Levante's structure the right hand side of our structure to overload that side be the one who received to break lines turn anyone who stepped up to her carry the ball forward and then launch attacks and she was generally quite successful with that like she was incredibly dangerous actually in terms of her ability to break our defensive structure with how she moved turned dribbled and passed on Nova has been more of the connective tissue player typically for Levante this season. So she was doing that as a secondary act, whereas Mara was extremely off ball. And it wasn't until the second half we really saw her get involved. She would either be closer to the touchline or she would be sitting on the shoulder of the defense waiting for when Levante broke through to be able to, to launch an attack. Now, I just think Levante looked good they looked impressive I I, I liked what I saw like ob- it's really obvious when you watch Levante that they have particular patterns that they want to play lots of good fundamental patterns in possession and it's obviously they're they're pretty well coached so far into the season but I just had this feeling that Levante were just trying too much to to build out of the back under a decent amount of pressure because we opened the game pressing quite high and I was just thinking, man, they're just going to give the ball up once and it's, it's going to hurt them. And we'll get to that. But it's worth mentioning that in all of this and all of the, how good Levante looked in these opening minutes, there was just this one moment where Esther was able to drop, lay a pass through the, the back line and Maite ran onto it and was basically one versus one. But the ball was like kind of bouncing And she tried a chip and it went way over and it was, it was more awkward for her than you might think at first, but it was still a really good chance. And that was the best chance of the game. So despite how good Levante looked, it was obvious that Madrid could find things in transition here. Yash, what did you think about Levante's start and how Madrid were coping with it?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a very, uh, it was a tough start. It, it, like in the opening few minutes, we could see what they would be trying to do because uh, as you mentioned, like Redondo is is just phenomenal. Like she is really quick and she's very she's very aware of where she needs to be and how she needs to attack the channels. Yes, she gets caught offside uh, a few times, but I think that is down to because she she's literally a, she literally has sonic feet. She's so quick off off her mark that it's often difficult for her to hold lines but that is something that any team that has her ha- uh, deals with it because the net uh, effect of it is very very positive because she she's just the way she she was dropping off in the opening minutes and then quickly turning around to attack the uh, attack the channel and in in the whole game we saw this the way she starts her run over uh, the opposition defender it, she's always on the front foot she just waits for that one wrong movement and she's off and the way she is able to like she she just understands where she needs to be and how she needs to make the run in behind and that is what has been like uh, I think a common theme for Levante this season they have had this sort of two players very different in the way they play Redondo and Myra Ramirez but excellent at uh, what they do so like they have had this uh, a sort of as you mentioned like making use of uh, those talents they have had this uh, sort of direct approach but. In the opening few minutes, we we could see those intentions. Like in the opening of three, four minutes, we saw them making those run-in behind. We saw them, we saw Redondo doing her bits. So I knew that this game was going to be uh, not easy at all because the way they were set up and the way we had uh, the amount of uh, midfielders we had on the field, I felt uh, it was going to be tough because Levante were like, Clearly, for me as I saw it, they were clearly operating in a in a sort of a diamond shape with Andonova constantly like marking uh, Tere and then uh, Leire Banyos. Uh, whenever Zornosa was dropping off for us to just help uh, in the build up, uh, Banyos was also like following her. So it was pretty difficult for us at times to like build through the middle, and this is where like our wide players have have to come into play. Uh, because the two forwards that they have, uh, Redondo and Myra Ramirez, they were like on our center backs and our defensive midfielder Terre was also marked by uh, Andonova. So it was all up to how we like make the switch to wide areas and how quickly we can make a sort of out to in pattern on the on the flanks and then progress the ball. It didn't happen a lot in terms of how we approached it. It wasn't like just one way traffic yeah levante were were better but uh, when levante were building out from the back we too had success in in pressing them and winning the ball and this happened throughout the game like this was a very uh, common theme throughout the game we won the ball multiple times by pressing uh, their deepest midfielder which was uh, leire banio's for for most of most of the times so that is how we won a lot of the ball and if we if if i take the time to like move ahead how our goal uh, began in the in the 20th minute we scored the first goal we drew the first blood but that is how the goal came about like we we uh pressed Lerebanios into turning over possession and then Zornosa was able to find Tere and Tere was able to shoot we'll talk about the goal a lot more but this was this is what happened constantly like we were in a 442 uh Initially it was a very high high block, uh, like not very high, but it was a uh, mid to high block. And what what we were doing is our front two, one of them pressed the ball's uh, ball uh, ball carrier, the center back, and the other player constantly marked the defensive midfielder or the deepest midfielder. and everything followed from there, like if they switched wide, then we would have one of our wide players in the 442 to just push up and things just happen from there. But that is what was the idea. Like Levante when they went wide with the player pressing up, they would obviously try to look and play it inside. And that is where we were looking for turnovers by pressing their deepest midfielder. And we found success in that. That is how uh some of our like very good chances came about uh in the in the first half and uh, yeah I mean about you spoke about the maite chance as well like that was that run was what uh we're offers her we we're would offer us and it would probably be finished like maite is as we have spoken about a lot of times a different sort of player to wear like she she does offer some qualities that we brings but Weir has that final killer touch that uh that she misses so, it was a very weir-esque run because she played off really well with Esther dropping and so she identified that and she made the run in behind but the finish wasn't there and it was a it was a difficult ball obviously I understand that Uh, but yeah that is what uh, the whole point comes around like maybe if weir was there we would be operating in a different way and we would be able to execute these one twos in behind and Uh, would have found more success, like as we did uh, in in the second half when we had Naikari and Esther operating uh, together. A lot changed then, but uh, yeah, I think that was uh, one of the talking points. But yeah, I'll let you speak about the goal or anything else that you have and then we'll take it from there.
0: Yeah, so the goal pretty much happened exactly as you were describing. Real Madrid's defensive structure, ushering Levante to the wing, and at this point, and then like 10, 15 minutes onwards, we weren't really up against the center backs as much because we were being carved right by by having by them sucking us onto them. They were opening up pockets in midfield. Redondo was dropping dangerously. Andonova was was dropping dangerously, and then there was the threat in behind, and we just took it back a little bit. And I actually think. From a pure defensive standpoint, that was that was a good decision. And Levante then became more intricate at the back, just waiting and waiting. How do we open them up? How do we play through? Because they were really intent on trying to find the vertical options through us. And so when we forced them wide, they tried to play back to the center. They dispossessed Banos. I think it was counter back up the field. And then Tere strikes a brilliant effort from just outside the box and it's into the net and it's 1-0. And I wouldn't say it felt out of nowhere, but it definitely felt against the run of play at the time. But at the same time, up until 20 minutes, 20 minutes is when we scored. Levante hadn't necessarily created loads at that point, not for as good as much as, not as much for as good as they looked. And that's kind of also why I was thinking, all right, Levante have to find different ways to force the issue against our defense, right? Because when you have this much control, when clearly all of your players are mostly all of your players are on it, especially when Redondo is on it, you've got to find more than you're finding. And I think there was early on chances for them to, to mix up what they were doing a little bit more, but that flipped the switch for them. They went behind. They probably felt like it was undeserved because they had played and looked pretty good up until that point. And from then on, until when they scored their second goal, it was a contest completely in Levante's favor. I mean, we were pushed back into our own half. Levante had multiple set pieces every single time we dealt really poorly with. And that's when they also started going direct more often. And there was one moment where Misa came way out. I mean, Misa protected us on at least two or three of these. One time she wasn't quite as good as when she came out and just didn't clear the ball well. It fell straight to Andanova around the halfway line and the goal was just open. But it's still a difficult strike to hit it from where Andanova was. And so it falls well short of goal and I think it was Ivana who who kind of just chested the ball down and and play restarted and the danger was over. But we were under massive pressure. And and to be frank, we were we were just getting outplayed. Levante looked like the much better side at this point in time. And they deservedly ended up equalizing, but they had to wait a while. They did not get their goal in the first half, but they easily could have. I mean, there was, I think I'm missing an Nova had a really big chance that so I can't remember exactly when, but this Levante team just looked really good in possession, finding ways to create chances, both by initially picking their way through our defense, then by mixing up and going long. And I think the defense just found it difficult to to deal with all the interchanges that were happening with the front three. And I have to say, with all the attention being on the front three, Levante's midfield, bar some of the turnovers deep, was, was really quite good. I think Levante's midfield of Lede Banos, Paula Fernandez, and Tatiana Pinto did really well for the majority of the match to be able to to move things at a quick tempo and then pick out great forward passes. So that unit, that front six was mostly on it throughout the game and throughout the stretch when I'd say Levante looked better. Is there anything else you want to get to in terms of the first half in terms of like broad talking points. I mean, if there's like a particularly big chance you feel needs to be mentioned, you can go ahead. But in terms of other points or performances you wanna talk about in, in, in the first half.
1: Yeah, about the chance that you mentioned uh, for Andonova, was it uh, Andonova or was it uh, Redondo because I, I have a a Misa big save. It was of, redondo,
0: of, I think. Yeah, it's Redondo. Misa made the big it was yeah. like
1: a one versus
0: one, right? Yeah, it was redondo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like that chance was was really good. And that is what I was uh talking about earlier when I said how redondo uh, gets that edge on the on the run ins behind because she she is uh like she is naturally very quick. So she has the pace. She has the innate pace on her. But the way she is able to like stay on the front foot uh, in that particular chance, the one thing that I would probably also note is uh, the footwork from Kathleen was pretty poor. Like she goes on her uh, weak foot and gets unbalanced very easily. And that like you don't need to give uh, Redondo like a second to get any sort of edge because if she gets a second she's off like she's off and you can't catch her then and that is what happened she slid in behind and Misa with a massive save like that was a really big save because it was a 1v1 situation and it would probably have been a goal but Misa came up big and uh yeah so that was that was one of the chance and that was again like Redondo attacking the channel that we mentioned about like funnily if if we like earlier, you mentioned Redondo to be a complete forward. So, look, like for people who, uh, for people who don't watch uh, as much of Levante or haven't seen as much of uh, Alba Redondo, a comparison that like uh, struck uh, came up in my mind was when uh, Chloe Kelly was in Everton or when she played for City in her first season as well. Like, I, I feel. Although there are different sorts of player, Chloe Kelly likes to take on a lot more than uh, Redondo, but they can slot in across the front line and deliver. Both are good. Both have good pace. Both can beat the marker for the pace. So, like, if you want just a comparison in your head, imagine uh, a version of Chloe Kelly in another universe or something. So, yeah, that was uh, just something that I wanted to say. But apart from that, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, the midfield uh, i i too wanted to talk about them because they also offered a lot of dynamic movements which allowed them to like progress the ball because as we spoke about how the way we were pressing it was uh quite difficult for them to uh like find their deepest midfielder and take things from there so they always had this sort of uh, either Tatiana would drop in to like offer a body and even if she wasn't receiving and maybe if Zorinosa was following her, she was quick to like then uh, make the run in behind after Levante had uh, sucked us in into the wide area or we have pressured Levante into those wide areas. Like Tatiana's movement like dropping deep and then uh, immediately going up again to uh, to receive. That was pretty good. And we've had those from like both the midfielders, both the number eight, if you say. Uh, so that was that was really good to see. And Levante at times, like when we switched, uh, like when we went a little conservative after our mid to high block, when we went slightly conservative, Levante always made sure that they had like at least three players in between our lines after the goal. Like it, it was it was really like, it, it 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 was really interesting to see because how they always managed because uh Andonova was dropping deep at times to help with the build up Tatiana was dropping it but the collective unit of them always made sure that they had bodies uh, uh, in between the lines to cause us problem the front two were like occupying our center backs and pinning them back and then they had all sorts of problem causing players in between the lines so it was it was difficult to deal with and with the uh, sort of selection that we had with tere tere and zornosa it became even more difficult to like deal with this sort of uh, movement because we know that uh, zornosa when it comes to like marking a player in this sort of defensive situation where they can jump in behind you and with the ball in uh, with the ball that goes in behind it's difficult and that happened a few times as well so like the the selection didn't help us uh, a lot. Maybe if Toleti was fully fit, we would have been able to like manage the game better because Toleti would have uh, probably given us that sort of uh, defensive solidity uh, much better in, in the way that Zornosa wasn't able to offer. But yeah, like their midfield was uh, quite good. They were very dynamic and that helped them a lot to play through our pressure at times. in terms of
0: the balance of Levante's possession structure and how they were able to always maintain the right connections and the, the generally good occupation of the defense with the level of fluidity that was going on is a pretty strong sign that they're coached well to a certain degree in how in their attacking play and what a contrast our discussion of Levante is to Campa's Levante last. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just night and day. And Jose Luis Sanchez-Vera so far has, has done a good job there. And you should be proud of that performance. But it's not just night and day in terms of how we're talking about it, but also the way they played. Because if the old Levante played this game, It would have been a track meet from minute one to minute 90, just relentless verticality, relentless long balls. I wouldn't have been asking them to play long more in the first 20 minutes. I would be like, are you going to control the game at any point in time before Real Madrid just to destroy you on the counterattack? And it may well have ended 2-2, but in a way that would, would have had a lot less control for Levante and a lot less to say it would have ended 2-2 without us necessarily thinking Levante had played particularly well just because just kind of because the atmosphere had become so random and all over the place because that's how they used to play and so to see them really put their foot down and say no this is our home turf and we really want to play you off the park which they couldn't quite get to but they they came close to was was quite something and it also spoke to the confidence with which they came into this game saying, yeah, we think we're really good and we can execute versus Real Madrid. I guess the final, I mean, this isn't really a first-half point, but there are other things to say about this in the second half because this becomes more relevant in the second half, but the things Yash was saying about their defensive structure, it was it was a diamond press. You had Andanova on today, Redondo Mira on the center backs, as he was saying, and because it's a diamond press, the fullbacks are the nominal free player. And personally speaking, I just hate the diamond press. There are, there are, there are situations in which, which it works. It congests the center very well. On goal kicks, it can look okay. I mean, there are very particular scenarios where I might like it. Like, for example, when we did the diamond press versus Barca way back, if you remember the Osnar era, when we threw up the diamond, I enjoyed that performance but I personally think the forwards have to do an incredibly hard job of making sure you shuttle to the wings and like decisively trap play there. And I thought it was all right. I think they did really well to congest the center, but to me it just looked like the flanks are free. We have the quality and it won't be necessarily that difficult to have the patience to circulate the ball, find the far side option, then get Olga and Feller going in transition never really happened at great volume because Levante had most of the ball and they were dominating the game. But for me, that was where I was looking at this game and saying, even if Levante go up, I'm not necessarily convinced they can hold on to this because I just didn't have faith that Viola Caigares especially would be able to handle Real Madrid in transition. And I don't think she had a good game to begin with, really. I think she got caught out stepping out a number of times in ways that didn't make sense, forcing others to cover. And I just, ultimately, I just was like, I just don't know if Levante's defense can handle this, especially if is coming on the second half. So that was my main concern. And since we're already kind of leaning into the second half, let's go there. All right, second half. First five minutes, really not much different. The big thing is that Levante score. And they score from a set piece. And we just, as I said before, did not handle it well at all. And this might have been the worst one. I just, I've just watched it numerous times now. I don't really know what was happening. So the, the one clever thing that happens is Redondo, the scorer, is like hanging out of sight, sort of behind the actual defensive line on this free kick. So it's going to be naturally a little harder to track going to the box. But Maite clearly sees her because Maite is facing Redondo and like actually moves up to her almost to kind of obstruct her path as the the kick taker is running up. And then she turns and like kind of pivots and does a 180. And then she just stops as the ball is in the air and absolutely no one adjusts, right? So I guess it kind of looked like, like Maite in the moment was going to pick up Redondo. Then she just kind of stops as she's looking at where the ball is going. And then no one else does anything. I mean, Sveva doesn't come across adequately. I mean, the the thing that makes it slightly difficult is there's there's a player to to the far post to her where no one else would be picking her up. So Sveva technically has two players, but you can see where the ball is going pretty early in the flight. And you have to take the player that is closer to you. And just no one like she is so free when the the ball actually drops and I think touches the box and Radon was able to put it in that or it falls straight onto her foot and I don't even want to talk about what Ivana and Patlin doing Uh, going into the air and both missing the ball is that I think it was Maida who was between them and that speaks to Maida's presence that she was just able to kind of like Get both to sandwich them, sandwich her and not get the ball. But look, I'm just making a lot of excuses here. It was not good set piece defending. I don't know if you have anything to add here.
1: I mean, our set fist our set piece defending has been an issue since the since the tacon days now. Like, I don't know. It's been a long time. We just I don't know what happens. We just can't defend set pieces we have no idea about who like the players have no clue about who is marking which player there's always like some sort of a uh, some sort of a free player available because of our poor marking I don't know if it happens that many times there is like it needs to be looked at probably because you can't always get undone like that by a clever set piece routine if that happens that frequently are probably not defending the box well and that has been the case there was just like no pressure on uh alba redondo at all i mean i don't understand the ball bounced and she was able to get uh, a touch on it and it went in because from that range it's pretty difficult to uh hold uh, like for for the goalkeeper to save it so I don't know. Like our set piece organization, I haven't uh, like really ever thought that we were good at set piece defending. This season, we have become a little better with our routines. Like in the in the previous season as well, we had some clever routines uh, towards the end of the last season. Now, so attacking set pieces are definitely something that we are working on, but defensive set pieces i don't know like it. it is just the same thing with corners as well because uh we have spoken about this as well like misa's cross collection isn't as as good as uh maybe you would want to be so there is that and then we have this confusion among among the players defending the box about who which player is marking which player so it doesn't it, it's not a good situation and it doesn't result in anything fruitful and it didn't in this case either so yeah that is one area that we definitely need to work on and redondo doesn't need many opportunities to like hurt us so she did there and it was coming to be fair like we can't say this goal was uh like out of the blue or anything it was levante did enough before that to like probably go up uh, or come level to us and they did in in the as soon as the second half began so like the timing was something that I felt like the game would swing from here in their favor because just like like scoring just before the halftime break and scoring just after the halftime break like has uh, I don't know like I don't have the stats or the numbers to prove it but it just feels that way that scoring right before half time and just immediately after it can change uh, like swings momentum a lot more than what general game state would but i don't know like i'm just uh, <laughs> speaking this off of vibes i don't have any numbers to back back that claim but yeah when when that goal went in when that equalizer went in i felt like Levante will now probably get the winner as well and get the go-ahead goal as well and as we will speak about uh, in a bit that they did and they did so in a very good fashion but i'll let you speak if you have anything between the first goal and the second goal to say
0: Yeah, so it, it was deserved. I think that's the thing, right? Whether it was unfortunate or not, I think Redondo really deserved to get that goal. I guess because the second goal comes really quickly, right? It comes in the 59th minute. We have to mention that Toto reacted 56th minute by bringing on Toledo for Zonosa and Atene for Feller. So Ateneo was on the key player that we wanted to start. Hard to see any immediate effects from that. I mean... There were, it, was, it was only three minutes until the second goal, but I would say until the second set of subs, we didn't really see any change in the in the way the game was going, actually. But I think what's key here in this period between 50, 51 and 59, first goal, second goal, is that my daughter Ramirez kind of took over here. I thought she had had kind of a quiet game up until this point. I know what she can do. I know how dominant she can be. And she actually kind of lost out some of her one-versus-ones versus Feva. She threw her arms up in frustration. These minutes is just like, all right, she's here. This is her time. There was one moment after, right after the first goal, where she turns a player in space, goes at multiple defenders, then lays the ball off inside. And it was like she just sparked an attack out of nothing. Then she got it, almost got a clean shot off in the box that was just blocked. And then in the 59th minute, she ends up scoring. It's the two players we've been talking about, Redondo, Mayra. She receives a pass near the edge of the box, turns Catalan way too easily I have to say but turns her just shields her off steals her off with her body uses her strength and then uses great agility to just spin around and Misa like flies out can't get to it Myra just touches the ball past her and then nutmegs Ivana for the goal and it was really good individual stuff but like doesn't look particularly good on our defense to be honest um I mean, you could quickly say anything about that second goal if you want to, but I think the main thing to point out between the period between one and two is that Mayra Ramirez took It was the Albert the show up until the first goal, and then she handed the baton off to Mayra, and Mayra said, "Okay, it's my turn," and and she made the second goal happen.
1: Yeah, about about uh, like in between those two goals, like since we are talking about Mayra Ramirez, let's let's just. Uh, talk about her how she is and what she can do so we saw that with the goal great individual uh, play she, she turns the defender inside out and then takes a touch to beat Misa and nutmakes, uh Ivana for the finish so like really good finish we we know that she can do that she is extremely talented but just minutes before that and I, I say this because I want to make a point about uh, her ball carrying just minutes before that in the in the 56th minute uh she's carrying the ball and Lucia goes in to tackle her and Lucia then starts limping so she goes in for the tackle and she probably like picks up a knock doing so now the reason i mention this point is because i want to talk about what sort of ball carrier Mayra Ramirez is and how like well balanced and physically uh dominant she can be when she's carrying the ball. It's very difficult to take the ball off of her. She has such great balance when when on the ball and when moving forwards with it that uh these sort of she's able to shrug off these sort of challenges from one player or two players. Like she in the in the first half as well, there were moments where she was just holding off Players where like the turn that happened on that second goal, that turn happened when she was drifting wide uh, on on our left hand side on Savawa's side to receive the ball. That turn happened then as well. She she is just a she's so aware of uh, the defenders and the players marking her and how she can turn away from it without even touching the ball at times. It's just phenomenal to watch and she is not that old too. Like it's not that she she uh like has this sort of a lot of experience and she she she's a veteran of the game but she plays like one like she is so she's so so good at uh what she does with the ball and uh against the ball like without the ball with her movements and with the way she's able to manipulate the defender it's just it's just phenomenal like she she's able to make those uh runs really well timed in the box as well she's able to make herself available to receive and then when she's under pressure she's able to like hold on to possession and move it forwards with her physicality social like she's physically dominant very skilled on the ball so that is a very good combination to have so i i mean just just a very very good player and I'm sure you have uh, something to say about this because I have seen you like talk about Myra Ramirez a lot, and I know you like her a lot as well. Uh, I think we should move
0: on. We're we're a bit tight on time. I mean, the listeners won't be aware, so we'll have to we'll have to I won't get to say everything I want to say. But I think Yash have summed up the the things about Myra quite well. I mean, the key thing after this is. Levante took their foot off the pedal a little bit from here on, which I think was, was a mistake, but he didn't really see it until the 68th minute when Toril made the key changes. He replaced Lucia and Olga with Rosio and Naikari. Now taking off Olga just felt a little questionable to me. Because I I mean I would have I would have had her play as the wing back in what. Madrid changed to was the 3-5-2 maybe a 3-4-1-2 kind of formation where it was it, it's been Toril's go to in the past it is his second half kind of offense formation all right we need something let's go let's play very expansive let's play two very attacking players at wing back so Atenea is is playing at right wing back Svebos playing at, at left wing back and Rocio obviously comes on to be that third center back and Naikari comes on to join Esther up top while Maite plays in behind. And this is when we really began to take advantage of Levante's narrow defensive shape, right? If they're about congesting the center and we have, we're split with three wide center backs, right? Three versus two versus their two forwards. And we have fullbacks who can push all the way up. It's just much easier to exploit that type of defensive shape. And we started exploiting it pretty well coupled with the fact that Levante weren't playing the same level of urgency. They didn't want to take as many risks with the press. We started to progress fairly easily, and it was kind of a dramatic shift in the game. And we started looking fairly dangerous. And in the 73rd minute, you have Naikari ending up getting in behind off a beautiful chip from Maite. And Naikari chips the keeper. And that's just a continuation of Naikari's great form this season. But it just shows the change in how the game was being played. It's almost like we played Levante, how they were playing us for a large portion of that game. And look, credit to Toril here. I think he just didn't get the opening lineup right. We were outplayed and maybe outthought tactically as well. But for the majority of the time that I've seen Toril make changes in situations where we really need to react, I would say he's mostly got it right. And I think this is where the big upgrade over osnar is i don't necessarily think it's in the plan a tactics Toril, I, I think they're just what they are i think they're fine and with the players we have it works but i think his subs generally seem to be well attuned to what's happening on the pitch they don't work every time he certainly had his flubs with like the might at right wing and stuff but he's he's done it enough times now that i feel like this is a strength of his and this legitimately turned the game in our favor and helped us get out with a point when for the majority of the time we were being outplayed, which is, which is pretty huge. And this is away from home as well. Remember, we play Levante next, we will have the advantage because we will be at home. Um, and Levante kind of proved that they could have kept it going because they reacted after that and made it an even battle. And both sides were exchanging attacks. And there was one particular moment where we were on a 2v2 breakaway with Athenea who really could have played. I forgot who it was on the other side. She could have played in and just, just couldn't make the pass. And there were some heroic moments for Levante in defensive transition for them to stop Real Madrid getting in. And I thought we could have got the better of those moments, but we killed ourselves, I think, in the final 10 minutes because we were so desperate to get up the pitch because it, the game is completely opened up at this point. It wasn't like it was when Levante were the better side, right? You can see the open field ahead of you, and we've talked about this before, right? The urgency, when we fall behind, we prove when we're ahead versus athletic that we can manage the game. When we fall behind, what do we do? We freak out, We go ballistic with trying to, you know, get forward as quickly as possible. Players start taking on the entire load of progression themselves. Instead of thinking, what do I do to help my next teammate help the next teammate get up the field? They say, what can I do by myself to get the player all the way at the end up the field. And so you had like Sveva four or five times just blast the ball upfield when there was so much space to just play medium length passes to counterattack up the pitch. And it just killed so many attacks. case strangely had a number of poorly weighted balls. And in general, she had a weird game because she had moments of real quality. For example, on the past in Ayatari. And then she just had these that just completely killed place. It just felt like we lost our composure in that moment. We got too excited and we honestly could have stolen that game. We could have come out of this one with an undeserved three, two victory Patted ourselves on the back and said, we would have been like Real Madrid DNA. You know, that's what we do. And we just, you know, in terms of Real Madrid DNA, maybe that's what this team still needs to learn, right? Composure in the big moments, in the final moments, when do you accelerate? When do you not, when do you put the two together? That's still to come, and I'm not mad about it. Look, everything is not going to come all at once, but it's clearly something that to improve on upon this, at this point in time. So, I mean, the final sub was Muller coming on from my day, which a lot of people weren't happy with. I was fine. At that point in time, my day was not playing well, to be honest. And if you're in an end-to-end scenario, getting another box threat arriving from deep when you're going to be hurling cross in the box, just, just, just good logic. She had no time to make an impact, so it, it didn't really matter. But I thought it was a sub. Probably maybe that could have actually happened earlier when the game flew out of control. So rush to the end there. Apologies for that, Yash. But uh, we we need to wrap it up in just a few minutes. Here's your chance to just rapid fire touch on anything you want to on the game before we close it out.
1: Yeah, so the only thing that I would like to say, well, like two things, and I'll run through them uh, as quickly as I can. So uh, the two things are probably, let's start with something positive. That was Athena's introduction in the game. Like the second goal that we spoke about with Naikari's finish, brilliant finish. And we are seeing more and more of Naikari having that sort of impact on the pitch. Uh, in every every time she's off the bench so like that is really positive for us and we have spoken about this but the way athena mm-hmm. was able to impact uh, the game and able to uh, offer us a lot because when we switch to a back three now back three is naturally an expansive uh formation mm-hmm. so having a sort of a wing back in Athenea, athena like constantly came inside and then found options uh, centrally or switched it to the to the wide area and as we have mentioned that Levante really defended in a very narrow shape so that uh, like that was an invitation for us to be as expansive as possible and Athena's introduction really helped with that because she was now able to like receive really wide and then come inside and operate uh, and find players in between Uh, centrally or either on the far side and she did that twice uh, with Olga. One time maybe Olga could have taken a first time shot with her left foot and maybe we would have had a goal Uh, another time the pass was just intercepted but then Olga managed to like press and get the ball back but uh, wasn't able to like turn uh, under another pressure. So like there were opportunities uh, of this sort that maybe we could have pulled off with some sort of uh, luck or anything but this is what o- Athenea can offer us, and that is what that is why we mentioned earlier that we really missed her, and the selection choice didn't make much sense because we could clearly see the way she was impacting the game and the way it worked against Levante's narrow shape. So that was one thing that I really wanted to point out, and the other thing was like it has been a while now with Olga and Savava playing together on the on the left hand flank, uh, left side but we still don't see that sort of synergy. In the opening like few minutes itself, we were able to see the frustrations between the two of uh, not being able to like be on the same wavelength because sometime, sometimes when Olga wants to go inside and Savava wants to go on the overlap there, the communication just isn't there and that is missing and that really hampers us when we are trying to like build attack uh, from our left, it, it really hurts us the weight on their passes isn't like always good so that that connection is really missing and it is something that really needs to uh be addressed because if, if this keeps continuing it might probably probably be the best option to like have olga playing as the left back and maybe Atenea shifting on on the left hand side where she can cut in on her right and take a shot and Felair operating on the right so like uh, it, it puts us in a in a it, it's an interesting conundrum moving forwards and something that needs to be monitored because we need that sort of synergy uh, to now develop between the fullback and the wingback if if we are going to persist with with a combination of Savaba and Olga and so far it's not uh, really working out so yeah I mean those were the two major points that I had uh, nothing more to add.
0: All right, so had had to rush that one, unfortunately. But this just back to front to back has not been back to front as well. I guess has not been a, a perfect podcast. Really hoping it, we we get something more normal next time. But there are some things that are kind of outside my control. I mean, spilling water on my laptop is is in my control. But after that, I, I don't know how much exactly I can do. Obviously, the match we're looking forward to next is PSG Wednesday, October 26th, and I think we said everything we need to say about oh, PSG up until, up until this point. They don't look particularly good at the moment, and we're hoping it stays that way when we post them. So we will see all of you then, most probably, we'll see if grants available, probably not. Weekdays are always really tough, but uh, we'll look to record then. And as always, you can find all the coverage you want for each game on Man in Madrid. And I uh, hope you could put up with, with whatever the quality of this podcast was. And um, we'll, we'll look to try to go back normal as much as possible. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And Ala uh, Madrid.
1: Ala Madrid.